This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You may be seated. Today is the feast day of the baptism of our Lord. It's a really special day in the life of the Christian church, and I wonder if in the midst of the busyness of Christmas and then the beginning of a new year, we risk missing its life-changing meaning, the feast of the baptism of our Lord. So just to begin with, a little feast day trivia, a little feast day trivia. Did you know that this feast is one of the special baptismal feast days of our calendar liturgical year? So along with uh, Easter Vigil, Pentecost, All Saints, these are days when baptisms are celebrated. Did you know about this feast day that it's, uh, it's, it's one of three key events that make up the whole season of Epiphany? So Epiphany means appearance or showing, and during Epiphany, God appears or shows himself to us through three key events in the life of Jesus. I won't ask you to pull out a piece of paper and write them down. They are the visit of the Magi, Three Kings Day, Epiphany Day, which we celebrated Friday. They are today, the, the, the baptism of Christ. And then the third event that makes up the season of Epiphany, where God reveals himself to humanity in Jesus Christ, is the miracle at the wedding of Cana. Those three events. So this is why for the early church, by the way, Epiphany was their Christmas time. Epiphany was their Christmas time. That is to say, in the early church, and our Eastern Orthodox brothers and sisters still celebrate this way, our Eastern, uh, uh, the early church didn't celebrate the birth of Christ as much as they did the baptism of Christ. They didn't celebrate the birth of Christ as much as they did the baptism of Christ. And this makes sense when you remember that it's this story, the story of the baptism of Jesus, that all four gospel writers record, whereas only two gospel writers record the birth narrative of Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Now, a long and a long history took place, and December the 25th, uh, Christmas time came about, and so the feast days got moved around a little bit. But in, in, at, in the early church circles, and especially in Eastern circles, we, we would call this theophany. This is epiphany, theophany, when God makes his, himself known in Jesus Christ. So, today is a key event in the life of the church, and I want to ask, what does this feast day mean for us and our life in God? We'll use Matthew's text, if you have it in front of you, to, to answer this question. In Matthew's telling of the story, God shows up, the whole meaning of epiphany, in two specific ways, two specific ways. First, God shows up in the anointing of Jesus by his Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. That's how God shows up. So there are a couple of times, uh, maybe, maybe a few times in the whole story of the scriptures when God, God's Spirit hovers over waters and something huge happens. Does that ring a bell to you? Remember in Genesis, 
God's spirit hovered over the, the, the waters. And in the end, he brought order from chaos. He made something out of nothing. Do you recall that? God's spirit, in a sense, hovered over the womb of the Virgin Mary. And Jesus was conceived. Now God's spirit hovers over the waters of the Jordan as Jesus is brought up and his whole ministry, his identity as the Christ is affirmed. Did you catch the passage in our psalm? Psalm 29, 3. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is upon the mighty waters. Later on in in the psalm, verse 10, the Lord sits enthroned above the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forevermore. I wish we had time to take a side road into the meaning of water in the biblical story. But suffice to say, this is one moment throughout the scriptures and especially in the life of Jesus where God shows up and reveals himself to the world. Here's the second thing from the Matthew passage. First, we see God in the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. Next, we see God showing up in the affirmation of Jesus. So this is when the Father's voice proclaims from heaven, this is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Now, if you're taking stock here, this is one of the few times in the Bible when we have a, a, a pretty clear picture of the Trinity, as clear, I, I suppose, as we can, we can have it. Um, the Father is there in His voice proclaiming affirmation on His Son. The Spirit is there in the form of a dove. And of course, you have Jesus physically present. And the result is profound because suddenly an obscure man in Matthew's story, this Jesus of Nazareth, suddenly is named, affirmed, anointed as the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, fully human, fully divine, Savior of all humanity. This moment of affirmation and and validation, you could almost say it's what Jesus needed to begin his ministry So God pours forth identity into Jesus. Jesus reveals that to the world, and now God actually inaugurates his ministry. This is the moment, the beginning of Jesus' ministry, where he's enabled, empowered to fulfill the mission that God has sent him on. One more observation about Matthew's story, particular to remember on the baptism of our Lord's feast day. And that is that Matthew clarifies for us that Jesus did not need baptism for the remission of sins. Now, he doesn't say this explicitly. Do you recall to mind the Nicene Creed? We believe in one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, right? So, so why, why was Jesus baptized? Matthew records John the Baptist's reticence to baptize Jesus at first. Did you catch that part of the story? And Jesus answers that he is submitting himself to the ritual of of baptism to, quote, fulfill all righteousness, to fulfill all righteousness. That is to identify with what God is requiring of us. That's why he's baptized. It's also worth pointing out, by the way, that later in Matthew's story, Jesus will undergo another baptism And this is the baptism of death on the cross. Out of the waters, out of the grave, he will rise. And there our Lord sits enthroned above the flood. So, what does this text mean for us? 
In Jesus' baptism, his identity is affirmed. His mission is anointed. I think this is what it means. In one sense, you and I are living out of our baptismal moment for the rest of our lives. Every day as baptized Christians, we are living out the reality of what happened at our baptism. Every day we live out of the reality that we have been given a new identity, that we have been buried with Christ through baptism and our old identity has passed away and our new identity as God's beloved. You are my beloved in whom I am well pleased, the Father says to the Son. We receive this identity from God. Every day, on the other hand, Every day we live out of the reality that God has anointed us, empowered us, energized us, enabled us, made it possible, given us everything we need to be the beloved in life, to live out our obedience to him. So the Christian life, you could say, is the baptized life. The Christian life is the baptized life. In our tradition, because we're, many of us were baptized as babies, do you remember your baptism? I don't think so. I would say it's a moment that happens and then you remember it, recall it, make it present every single day of your life. And I guarantee you, you will never plumb the depths of its meaning. You will never plumb the depths of its meaning, even if it happened 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago. The Christian life is the baptized life. Now, uh, some of you may be aware at this entrance, at that entrance, there are little concrete bowls of water about, uh, about the, the, the measure of, of, of a, a person's head, right, right up here about your shoulders. These are called fonts, of course, baptismal fonts. That, and they hang next to the entrances of the cathedral and, and to the entrances of many church, and they're filled with holy water so that every time we enter the door of the church, we remember the door of our Christian lives. Every time we enter into God's presence, so to speak, we remember the day, the moment we entered into God's presence in a fresh way. That is at our baptism. We, we place our fingers in the fonts. We make the sign of the cross. And we recall that this is our identity, not my job, not my marriage, not what I've accomplished, not the abuse from my past, not the sins from my past. This is my identity, that I am buried with Christ in baptism. I have a new identity as his beloved son or daughter. This is who I am. Every time our hands touch the water and the water drips down our forehead, we remember our identity, our mission. We remember that Christ has passed through the waters of death for us, that we've been cleansed from sin by his blood the way water washes away dirt from the body. We remember that we have been energized by God's spirit, that he has anointed us to obey him. We remember that we have heard once and for all that God the Father is pleased with us. Can you believe that that is your identity? Can you believe that that is what grounds you in this chaotic life? This is what we remember with the fonts. So let me ask you something. Is there a time recently, is there a time recently when you heard someone, perhaps especially someone older, like a, a, a mother, a father, a mentor, an older friend, say to you, I, I, I'm really pleased with you. I'm proud of you. 
I'm proud of you. Do you remember perhaps times in your youth when coaches or parents or aunts or uncles said that to you? I'm proud of you. I'm pleased with you. You have my favor. You're doing a great job. I love you. I believe in you. That kind of word, especially from someone older, can carry a person for the rest of his or her life. Brothers and sisters, from this day on, from the feast day of the baptism of our Lord on, when you celebrate another's baptism, when you participate in another's baptism, when you touch the holy water at the entrance of a church, I want you to pause and ask the Lord in a fresh way. I want you to remember, God, are you, are you proud of me? Do you love me? Are you pleased with me as your servant? And I want you to hear God the Father say, as the holy water runs down your forehead, son or daughter, because of Jesus Christ, you are my beloved child. I could not be happier with you. This is what the feast of the baptism of our Lord means to us. Amen.